You may never have heard the word shrinkflation, but if you shop at a supermarket, you've experienced it. Here to shed some light on shrinkflation is Edgar Dworsky, founder and editor of ConsumerWorld.org. Edgar, let's start with the big question. What is shrinkflation and what does it mean for the average consumer? Well, shrinkflation is actually when a manufacturer decides, instead of raising the price directly, to make the product a little bit smaller inconspicuously. So if the old product was 12 ounces, maybe the new product is 11 ounces, but the packages look almost identical. And we know, they know, that most consumers don't read the fine print on the package. They'll certainly notice a price increase, but they may not notice a net weight decrease. This means more money in the manufacturer's pocket and a little less money in yours. Is this perfectly legal to do? I imagine some consumers might find it deceptive. It's absolutely legal because, you know, under the laws of various states, as long as you have the net weight or net count on the package, that is all you have to do. Shame on us as customers if we don't pay attention to it. The trouble is you have to look at all the items you normally buy, memorize how many sheets on that roll of bounty or how many ounces in that box of Cheerios. And then when you go back to the store, double check that you're still getting the same amount. It's a total pain. Now, I think you indicated that it's not a price raise situation, but are any of these companies also raising their prices along with shrinking the product? Well, because we're in times of inflation right now, we're seeing kind of both happening. They may not happen simultaneously, but if you've seen the price of paper towels or toilet paper lately and you buy a 12 pack and it's you know $20 or more, you're going, what's going on here? So we're actually seeing products getting smaller and in many cases, the price going up. We're talking with Edgar Dworsky, founder and editor of ConsumerWorld.org. And we're talking about shrinkflation. Edgar, how about restaurants? Are they also shrinking portion sizes or is there so much competition in that sector they can't really do that? Well, I always get emails from readers who say, you know, that Big Mac is not as big as it used to be or the fish filet is smaller. It's really hard to tell. You'd actually have to go back and look at old nutrition statements on the websites of fast food restaurants, for example, see what the calorie count was, how many grams of protein were in the Big Mac previously and compare that to the current one. But if you're talking about you know casual restaurants, most things, maybe except steak, is not sold by the ounce. So you really don't know what the portion is. And frankly, when you come back the next time, you know, your portion of lasagna may be slightly bigger than it was the first time. My sense is they're facing price pressure, higher prices for labor, higher prices for raw materials. So they're looking for ways to cut back also. It's just really hard to detect in a restaurant. Back in the retail supermarket situation, do some manufacturers try to hide their product size changes in very clever ways? Oh, it's really amazing. Years ago, one of the classic examples was Skippy peanut butter. The original Skippy was 18 ounces, and then it went down to 16.3. 
But if you looked at the jars side by side, say they look, you know, virtually identical. What did they do? The new ones have an indent in the bottom of the jar. So basically, there's air pushed inside the container. Breakfast cereal happens all the time. You can look at two boxes of cereal side by side. My goodness, they're the same height, they're the same width. What happens is they made the depth a little bit less on the new smaller boxes. I mean, frankly, when I see some of these new ones, I don't even know how they stand up on the shelf. They're so narrow. Now, obviously, it's not possible to shrink, for example, a pound of bacon. We're just looking at cost increases with those types of goods, I guess, right? Oh, absolutely not. Don't assume a pound of bacon is a pound anymore. 12-ounce packages have been common. Don't assume that a half gallon of milk is necessarily the same. There was one brand of ultra-pasteurized milk in the Pacific Northwest that went down to 59 ounces. It actually no longer qualified for the WIC program, and there were signs in the store that warned mothers, don't buy this particular item, you're not going to get credit for it in the WIC program. And certainly other specialty milks and orange juice has gone down. Remember when you had a half gallon of orange juice, then it became 59 ounces. I'll always say it, shrinkflation has gone too far when you open that carton of eggs and there's only 11 inside. <laughs> wow, that would be a shocker. Is there anything a consumer can do when faced with this shrinkflation situation? Well, you got to be aware of it. Most consumers aren't aware of it. They just kind of automatically grab the mayonnaise jar, grab the package of cookies, and they don't notice what the net weight is. You certainly can send an email to the manufacturer and complain when you noticed, you know, you're getting three fewer Oreos in the Oreo package, which recently downsized. You may get some coupons back, but they're not likely to change. There was an example last year, Smart Balance Margarine, decreased the amount of vegetable oil in it from 64% oil to 39%. That's almost a 40% decrease. And because you tend to use margarine you know, directly on bread, you really taste it. Consumers tasted the difference. They basically got watered down margarine. They posted on the manufacturer's website, ConAgra, literally thousands of complaints. They had over 2,000 one-star reviews. And after I made a big stink about it and made the front page of the New York Times last November, the company actually changed and went back to the old formula this year. Oh, congratulations. That's a nice win. But that's a rare win. Most times, what goes down doesn't go back up. Or if it does go back up, like in the case of potato chips, let's say, you know, potato chips used to be in 16-ounce bags, then they went to 15 and 14 and 13 and 12 and 10. At some point, they reintroduce the big package and they give it a fancy name. Now it's called party size, but it's nowhere near the price it used to be when it was the original 16 ounces. Edgar Dworsky, founder and editor of ConsumerWorld.org. Edgar, what can people find on your website? I have two websites, ConsumerWorld.org, which is a consumer news and information site. It's about some bargains, tells you about the latest scams. But MousePrint.org is the site where I do original writing. So you can find examples of shrinkflation there. I typically do three or four 
shrinkflation stories a year. There's actually an archive of, I think, 11 or 12 years worth of these stories. Plus, I look at the fine print in advertising. So, for example, it was just in the news that Amazon changed the minimum threshold for free shipping if you're not a Prime member. They made it $35 instead of $25. So that's the type of thing, if you didn't look at the fine print, you wouldn't realize, you'd say, gee, why am I getting charged, you know, higher shipping? That's the reason. You got to read the fine print. Very good. Well, thank you, Edgar, for joining us today. Edgar Dworsky, founder and editor of ConsumerWorld.org. Thanks, Chris. That's it for another edition of InfoTrack. InfoTrack Internet services are provided by Pear.com. Our executive producer is Randy Meyer, and I'm Chris Whitting, inviting you to join us next week for another edition of InfoTrack.